Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 187 of 2020, episode 187 of The Informed Catholic. So welcome to everyone out there, uh, Catholic, Protestant, Evangelical, non-denominational Christian, Orthodox Christian. You're all welcome to this podcast. Uh, this is a commentary podcast. And I do a lot of articles, basically, from LifeSite News, Church Militant, and whatever I find I, I think is important to the Catholic life, uh, to the Christian life. And mainly it's to try to help people understand what it is to be a Christian in this very troublesome, uh, divided political environment. Um, one of the most important things about our our lives is the moral life, the moral sense. Uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, reading on how to read the Bible uh, as a Catholic, uh, using the three senses, the four senses of Scripture. You got the literal sense, which is divided as also literal historical and understanding the language and, you know, you could use the anthropology, archaeology, understanding the time and situation that a text was written in. But also, there's also the spiritual sense. The spiritual sense, in a sense, is divided into allegorical, um, as well as, uh, you know, analogy or the coherence what exactly the writer is trying, the, the the Holy Spirit is trying to communicate to us through the sacred text, you know, and we could do this as well as as we're reading this, the literal. The literal sense is primary. It's primary throughout the reading of a holy text. You know, like if you're reading the Gospel of Mark, it's primary. You read it exactly as the sacred author and as the Holy Spirit intended it. Now, Another important thing about the spiritual sense is, is not just the allegory, but the moral sense, how to act, how to think, what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us, how we're supposed to think as a Christian, how we're supposed to act as a Christian, how we're supposed to behave as a Christian, talk as a Christian, what is expected of us from Almighty God how we're supposed to behave. And this is something that unfortunately many Christians, when they go into the political arena, right, especially Catholics for some reason, when they go into the arena of leadership, they abandon. They forget who they are. They are baptized in Christ, confirmed in Christ. They Do they really believe this? Do they really comprehend this and understand this? All right? Or have they abandoned their one true love, their, their, their devotion to our Lord? Because let's really be honest. This article here is going to tell us about the, <clears throat> the amount of people, amount of Christians, especially Catholics. Catholics in this country have really had a difficult time. Understandable. But when it comes to the political arena, why do they change? What happens? 
It's almost like as though as though they found another religion. They go into the political arena and all of a sudden they completely change. Look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden always boasts and never forgets to let us know that he comes from an Irish Catholic family, a working class family. All right. He came. We, we know that. We'll accept that. The Kennedys also came from an Irish Catholic family. We accept that too. We know about that. Okay. We also know that the Cuomos were Italian Catholic families. We know that as well. Giuliani is an Italian Catholic. But for some reason, something happens in that moment when they go from the private life of a citizen into the political life. Maybe it happens a lot earlier than that. Maybe their political ambition is much more earlier than this. But the fact remains is politics does change people. What happened? Why? Where did, did everything go so terribly wrong? How is it that Catholics who go into the political arena somehow completely change and abandon their faith? How is it that they change their views on abortion, same-sex marriage? How, how is it that they totally, completely changed on these things? And this is, article is going to explore this a little bit for us. Now, if you like what I do, please subscribe and share. It will be a great help to me. Please, will, you know, I really would appreciate it. Um, it will let Anchor and Spotify and all the other podcast platforms that you love this podcast, that you enjoy it. I hope you do. And it would, you know, it would uh, distribute my podcast even more. Now, I would like to ask you to please join me in prayer. All right. Let's pray for the country and let's pray, pray for the church. And, uh, and let's say a, a prayer for all the souls that need conversion in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Thomas More, pray for us. St. Joseph, guardian of the Holy Church, and terror of demons, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. St. Augustine, pray for us. And St. Michael the Archangel, defend us from evil and pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, let's begin this article. All right, so this is a, an important um, article here. Short essay explains Bishop's complicity in the creation of the most anti-Catholic party in modern history. 
America is at a stage in history where there are more Catholics in public service, but less Catholics influence over public life than ever before. Wednesday, November 4th, 2020. By Mary Beth Werbeneth. Werbeneth. Okay. Hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly, Mary. Sorry. Washington, D.C., November 4th, 2020. LifeSite News. How did the pro-abortion Democratic Party, which boasts numerous Catholic members, including presidential candidate Joe Biden, turn into one of the most anti-Catholic organization in the country? It's a very good question. It's true, I have to say. With all honesty, it is absolutely true. In a new essay at The Federalist, Christopher Bedford points the finger at the Catholic Church. Okay, I totally agree with him. Through 2020's disease uncertainty, government power over religion, and attacks on the saints and churches, our bishops have chosen the path of secular popularity. All right, we're going to have to look into the uh, the Federalist, okay, after this. Now, um, there's a link here to it, but we're going to finish this article, and we're going to have to look into the Federalist. Biden, for example, is pro-late-term abortion. Let me read it one more time. Joe Biden is, for example, is a pro-late-term abortion, pro-child sex change, pro-gay marriage, pro-contraception, Bedford wrote, all in direct contradiction to church teaching. And Biden chose Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate, despite her claim that membership in a Catholic organization is a disqualifier from becoming a federal judge. Remember, she did that with that federal judge. Yet this guy, this man, Joe Biden, claims to be a very Catholic man, to be someone who says his faith is important to him, who boasts that he carries a rosary in his pocket, and he chooses a woman who attacked a man who tried to stop him from becoming a Supreme Court judge because he was a member of the Knights of Columbus. All right? And I'm going to say this. I bet you that many uh, older Democratic Catholic voters never got to see that. Most people who are on the left are very, very low information people. They look at Joe Biden. Maybe they relate to him. They relate to his uh, his appearance, maybe because he's a, a Irish white man. Uh, maybe because he's a senator, maybe because they don't like the way Donald Trump has a very strong, bombastic approach, very uh, aggressive approach. Uh, but many people on the right who are, vo- who, who are Republican, who are conservative, they tend to be people that uh, screen all the information. They do. They tend to screen all the information. I don't, I don't just read or listen to Catholic um, or conservative Republican uh, articles. I do look at the left. I do look at CNN. I do look at, I do check out, trust me, I do check out MSNBC. 
I check out things from ABC. I read articles, believe it or not, of different fun. I, I'm I'm very much into article reading. When I you know when I have the opportunity, I'm going to read what they say, and you know Google makes it possible. Trust me, I don't have to subscribe to them. It makes it possible. And I collect these articles and I collect the information and I compare it to what others are saying. And it's not very hard to find that information. But people on the left, when I bring these things up, they don't know these things. They don't know them. And then when I mention these things, when I mention these, 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 these anomalies about Joe Biden... They get very uncomfortable. It's like they just don't want to hear it. They look down. They make some facial expressions. And they just look up at you and they just walk away. They don't want to hear it. All right, let's continue. All right, so she, 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 she tried to use... The Knights of Columbus against this fellow from becoming a federal judge. Yet America is at a stage in history where there are more Catholics in public service, but less Catholic influence over public life than ever before. Long gone the de- are the days of, of a Democratic pro-life Bob Casey or young Ted Kennedy. Well, Ted Kennedy himself, I don't think was... I think he he gave into everything, didn't he? Today, the Catholic bishops in this country dared not utter a word of criticism against Joe Biden, and some even support him. Some tried to silence those who did speak out against Joe Biden, as well as the uh, the case with Father James Altman. Remember Father James Altman? I did several podcasts about him. I even played his audio. So people can hear it. Of the entire American Catholic Church leadership, only Bishop Strickland, he's of Tyler, Texas, spoke out on the the Joe Biden campaign, open assault on Catholic moral teaching, Bedford noted. Many people trace the beginning of the bishops skirting their role in public life, leaving the faithful to fend for themselves to September 1960. It always goes back to right at the start of Vatican II. Always, always the origin of this, of this betrayal goes back, it seems, to Vatican II. That was when Senator John F. Kennedy now famously spoke of a group of Protestant ministers and said that no man of God will advise his actions on issues as varied as public funding for Catholic schools, birth control, divorce, censorship, and gambling. All right, so let's look, let's read that one more time. Many people trace the beginning of the bishops skirting their role in public life, leaving the faithful to fend for themselves to September 1960. That was when Senator John F. Kennedy, not now famously spoke to a group of Protestant ministers and said that no man of God will advise his actions on issues as varied uh, as public funding for Catholic schools, birth control, divorce, censorship, and gambling, etc. That was when um, the Catholic um, Catholics, and I would say even with the bishops, they... um, 
that was the beginning of the betrayal. That was the beginning of the uh, the Judas cult movement. They hand, they put their hands out and they received the 30 pieces of silver. Bedford argued that Kennedy's speech went a long way toward inaugurating American Catholics into elite society acceptance, but that Kennedy achieved this not by embracing his faith, but by shedding it. Few, if any, bishops spoke out at that time. Perhaps their desire to see the first Catholic become president was too much of a temptation for them to resist. Bedford quoted Pope Benedict XVI, who said, The church is not a political power, it's not a party, but a moral power. The bishops, for the, for the most part, are, a, are unwilling to assert their moral power, especially regarding this presidential election. Bedford concluded, Kennedy said he believes in an America where there is no Catholic vote, no anti-Catholic vote, while the willing, while the willing assistance of the bishops, he got his first wish. Now, through their folly, the bishops have ensured they'll have no say against the second. Hmm. Interesting. Kennedy said he believes in an America where there is no Catholic vote, no anti-Catholic vote. With the willing assistance of the bishops, he got his first wish. Now through their folly, the bishops have ensured they have no say against the second. <clears throat> Interesting. All right, that was the end of that, and I totally agree. It's a very short one, but we're going to go into, I want to check out the Federalist here. I believe there's more to it. All right. Okay. Let me check it out here. All right. All right. We're gonna uh, we're gonna check this out. Okay. This here is okay. Christopher Bedford. It's the Federalist. And the article basically here, it makes it clear it's about religion. How 60 years of church silence made the most anti-Catholic party in modern history possible. Through 2020's disease, uncertainty, government power over religion, and attacks on saints and churches, our bishops have chosen the path of secular popularity. November 3rd, 2020. Christopher Bedford, former Vice President Joe Biden, ran his presidential campaign on a pro-late-term abortion, pro-child sex change, pro-gay marriage, pro-contraception mandate platform. Two of these positions stand in direct defiance of the Catholic Church's five non-negotiables. One targets Catholic nuns, hospitals, and adoption agencies, and the other targets children. Not satisfied with Biden, Joe Biden ch uh, chose sec uh, Senator Kamala Harris as his running mate, despite her claim that membership in a Catholic organization is dis a disqualifier from becoming a federal judge. All right. Let me see here. How did we end up here with an, uh, an uh, ostensibly Catholic politician 
leading a ticket that is openly hostile to even the most basic non-negotiable teachings of the Catholic Church. How are there more Catholics in public service, but less Catholic influence over public life than ever before? In the early days of, uh, of Senator Ted Kennedy's career, when he was a pro-life senator, are long gone, as are the days of Pennsylvania Governor Bob Casey, who stood against the left wing of his party for the sanctity of life, even butting heads with fellow governors and presidential candidates Bill Clinton. In today's Democratic Party, far more than even then, it is a serious liability to stand for any kind of Catholic understanding of morality, beyond stewardship of the, of the earth and the welcoming of foreign immigrants. Yet, through it all, the campaign, the running mate, the platform, the bishops dared not to utter a word of criticism. Not content with silence, many even publicly endorsed Joe Biden's candidacy. Worse still, some actively worked to target and silence those Catholic priests who dared speak out against what has undoubtedly been the most anti-Catholic platform and ticket in modern American history. Of the entire American Catholic Church leadership, only Bishop Joseph Strickland spoke out on, uh, on the Joe Biden campaign, open assault on Catholic moral teaching. Okay, let's continue. He obviously, he pointed out that Bishop Strickland's about the only one, and there are others, uh, Bishop Tobin of Rhode Island, he's also another one, and there's Cardinal Burke, uh, he's another one, and he made references to Father James Altman, who spoke out. Um, <clears throat> there are others, there are others, and yet, sadly, it's true. Um, <clears throat> Bishop Walton Gregory, I'm sorry for clearing my throat, um, uh, Archbishop of Washington, D.C., the Immaculate Conception uh, Basilica, he himself now has been uh, nominated for the uh, the Cardinal Red Hat. He gets awarded, and he's known. He is absolutely known for his um, for his uh, pro gay activism. Uh, some even say he is homosexual um, himself. Um, and then he's. Um, you know, he, they allow, I mean, he's very, he's very much in support of uh, Father James Rainbow Martin uh, for his um, uh, pro-gay activism and everything. I mean, they've been silent. They've been silent. I mean, you've got a whole lot of them. I mean, there's um, Cardinal Donald Whirl, unfortunately. He's also another one. And they, and both Donald Whirl and Walton Gregory have, strong ties, connections with former Cardinal Theodore McCarrick. They're, they're McCarrick men. Uh, it's obvious they're McCarrick men. All right. Um, let's continue. This is sadly unsurprising. For more than a half a century, the bishop have skirted their role in public life, leaving the faithful to fend for themselves. A deeply misunderstood moment in this slow march took place in September 1960 when then-Senator Senator John F. Kennedy promised a 
a hostile audience of Protestant ministers that no man of God will advise his actions. The public funding for Catholic schools is unconstitutional. Huh. That decisions on birth control, divorce, censorship, gambling, and any other subject will be made without regard to outside religious pressures or dictates, and that no power or threat of punishment will cause him to decide otherwise. It's a major speech in civic history credited with a going going a long way toward inaugurating American Catholics into elite society acceptance, but far from the example of American Catholic heroes like founder Charles Carroll of uh, Carlington or Father William Corby of the Irish Brigade, Kennedy achieved this not by embracing his faith, but by shedding it. When he did this, few, if any, bishops spoke out, most vocally hoped he would win loudly, most vocally hoped he would win loudly by backing his ethnically Catholic candidacy, despite that un- um, anti-ethical promise, he might be both the first Catholic presidency, yet one who is unmarooned from Catholic-informed governance. It was a confusing moment for Catholic faithful about to enter their most disruptive decade in centuries. More than this, it went a long way toward ending what might have been or might have become a Catholic vote beyond rude ethnic loyalties. Wow. I mean, he, he did. he did. That was a great harm. When he didn't defend his Catholic faith, when he didn't defend his faith, he, just, he told them that no pope would, would, basically he was saying he will not be told what to do from Rome, from the Vatican. And he could have said it without throwing his faith under the bus, but he chose to do it. And a lot of them, a lot of these these bishops, desperate that Ameri- that Catholicism would become mainstream, um, just they just stayed silent, and that was their sin. They should have maybe he should have had a better discussion. Maybe he should have had a better speech written. I don't know. I mean, he could have. I think he could have tried to. He could have had a way that could have done this without without disrupting his faith. I mean, basically, he sold out. He sold out to them. All right, so um, let's continue. I've seen Biden standing in the last row of Sunday's final mass at St. Matthew's Cathedral. He caused almost no disruption, praying silently and going unnoticed to even the young man in front of him until he turned to share the sign of peace. It's not for me or any of us to question a man's private faith. But it is for the clergy to hold us accountable to our faith, particularly in our political rule. They are shepherds called to love and guide the faithful, like parents love and care for their children, correcting them when they, when, when they go astray, out of love and for their sake. The church is not a political power, Pope Benedict XVI declared. It's not a party, but it's, but it's a moral power. It's a moral power as needed as ever in public life. Yet, through the course of the 2020s disease, uncertainty, government power over religion, 
and attacks on saints and churches, our bishops have chosen the path of secular popularity, closing their doors and, and politely nodding along with the elite. Do our, do our political leaders' stations in our society mean that they are beyond God's word? The Catholic Church's silence screams that this is the, the case. Just over 50 years ago, Kennedy said he believes in an America where there is no Catholic vote, no anti-Catholic vote. With the willing assistance of the bishops, he got his first wish. Now, through their folly, the bishops have entered, have, have, have ensured that they'll have no say against the second. Christopher Bedford is a senior editor of The Federalist the Vice Chairman of Young Americans for Freedom, a board member of the National Journalism Center and the author of The Art of, Do uh, uh, of the Donald. Follow, follow him on Twitter. Oh, well, it's... Um, well, that's definitely... Uh, <laughs> this is, uh, unfortunately, it's a very sad article. It's a very sad article because it, it, it's true. Um, I'm a convert, if any of you are new to this podcast, and I, I've noticed, I've noticed since my conversion, um, uh, 98, 1998, I've noticed a lot of problems. I mean, <laughs> I've noticed the, the, you know, the problems when it comes to politics, I've noticed the problems, uh, worship, I've noticed the problems of Bishop sitting quiet. Uh, then I've heard about these sexual abuses, uh, with all, with, um, you know, young altar boys, uh, sexual abuses going back half a century. Then of course the, the year of shame. And then the, the, that horrible event with the, the Boston scandal, uh, of the sex abuses, uh, the movie spotlight was based on. It just, it was just tragic and heartbreaking. And then, you know, suddenly, you know, you heard, you know, books about things, scandals, reports about abuses in the seminary. And, and then now, now I have to say from then till now, uh, it's been years, like two decades now going on or more. And it seems like it's getting worse. And now, I mean, I, I converted when John Paul II was Pope. And I I have fond memories of him. I remember as a boy when he prayed the rosary in Arabic. And that was a you know, that was a very a touching, moving moment for me. It had a it had a strong, powerful effect. I still remember it. And then of course, you know, I Benedict XVI and it it broke my heart uh when he resigned. And now I'm going through Pope uh, Pope Francis, and Pope Francis is the one Pope I can't connect to. Uh, it's the one Pope that really breaks my heart because it's you know it it really hurts seeing the direction he's going. And then of course with Catholic politicians, and of course I've been doing a lot of reading, a lot of reading, like I said earlier, about the sense of Scripture, how. Um, you know, how are we supposed to think? How are we supposed to act? And this is something that I've noticed it seems to be a problem for American Catholics. 
How are you supposed to act? How are you supposed to behave as a Catholic? It seems to be something that they struggle with. And because we, you know, we we don't we don't have a leadership that seems to want to support this. Uh, one of the things I've noticed is a lot of these these big shot cardinals, at least the majority of them, the liberal ones, don't like to quote the Catechism of the Catholic Church. They have a serious problem against the against the Catechism, which John Paul II and Benedict XVI put out. Of course, he was Cardinal Ratzinger at the time, but he became Pope Benedict XVI. They put that that catechism together. And there's articles and articles, encyclicals and documents of Vatican II that are very, very important for us and that help us to act and think as Catholics and how we're supposed to behave. What is the proper way to approach something? How do you approach it as, you know, I mean, how do you approach a situation, especially the fact that many Catholics like Joe Biden, and I don't know what goes on in his head, but he seems to be so willing. And he, for some reason, he seems to separate. A lot of them do. They separate their their public life from their private life. I The other day, I remembered Michael Voris pointed out the... Um, Prime Minister of, of Canada, uh, I don't know if it's Justin Trudeau. Uh, I, I can't remember. I get I get him confused. Yes, I believe it's Trudeau. His, um, because the one in France is Macron. Um, his father was the one that started this whole thing. I am personally against abortion. But I will not impose my faith on someone else because I have to be a governor. Andrew Cuomo's father, Mario Cuomo, became governor of New York. And he used the same line. He used, he used Justin Trudeau's father's words. I myself am personally against abortion. But I'm not going to impose my beliefs on another person. I can't do that. I have to be a governor. So he began that famous way, that famous approach for Catholics in, po in politics to escape to, to escape the moral the moral accountability. And I remember Mario Cuomo had a big argument. I remember when um, we had a, a cardinal um, a cardinal in New York, who argued about it? He tried to. He tried to, and Mario Cuomo was very, very uh, hostile. There was a. It was with. Um, it was, a, I think, Nightline or one one of those uh, ABC shows where he was on the air, and he was there with him, and there was a reporter. I don't know if it was Ted Koppel, and there was um, there was a cardinal in New York at the time. I can't remember his name. He was. Um, he was of Irish background and he tried, he tried to defend the faith, defend the faith. But Mario Cuomo was very, very hostile. I mean, I remember, at least from my memory, I, th I think it's, if it's correct, he was very kind of cocky. He was cocky because he kind of like 
pointed to the church being unclear. I think the church is very clear. I think the problem is they just don't want, they want to find a way around it. And they think that it's not their job. The church should make it accommodating that for, for a Catholic in public life not to have to be bound or to be forced to be morally bound by the church's teachings. This is the problem that people like uh, politicians like Joe Biden now, I mean, Mario Cuomo's gone, but his son now, Andrew Cuomo, but he doesn't even, he lives outside the confounds of the faith. I mean, I know he he has a very, he shows his hostility towards the church, I think more than his father does, uh, basically towards any religion. And then you got, you know, someone like Joe Biden, That this this is the problem. I think it's almost like a black and white thing. It's like, you know, a bipolar uh, approach to the faith. I'm personally against it, but I will not impose my beliefs on anyone else. And this is this is the scapegoat. But yet the problem is you will be judged by it. It's not that you're not going to be judged. And if they have a thing in their head that they think that a couple of rosaries will get them out of purgatory, they're wrong. This is this this is this is presumption, and it's also, um, you know, it's a very presumptuous approach and a very dangerous one. It's morally dangerous. It's also spiritually dangerous. You are going to be judged. You're talking about murder, and they don't seem to comprehend that. Maybe they think because it's not outside the womb that it's it that that it's not real. It is real. You believe in the incarnation. You believe that the word became flesh. It says so in the Gospels. Maybe they should spend some time reading the Bible to, to, to really comprehend it. But the problem is, is that what, we are, what we're doing here is, it's also, I mean, if it's dangerous for them, how much more danger is for the bishops for keeping quiet? If there's a lack of faith on someone someone like Joe Biden or any other Catholic politician from Kennedy down to Joe Biden, how much the judgment will be on those bishops who keep quiet, who don't say a word, who don't, who don't do what they're supposed to do, who don't point out the moral correction. This is why I believe that if we lose this election, if Donald Trump loses this election, I truly believe a great chastisement is coming. I mean, I think it's coming anyway. But I believe that this is it. This is it for us. The one final hurrah. If we lose this, okay, Joe Biden will only be in office for a few months and then he'll have to leave because of health. Kamala Harris will take over and her and her ilk will begin a campaign of attack against Catholics, against Catholics and Christians, all, all people of faith. The Democratic Party is hostile towards faith. It is hostile to any faith. And this is the problem here. We are seriously, seriously in a bad situation. So please pray. Pray that we can, we can you know, get in the White House and have four more years just to keep the barbarians away at the gates. 
until we build a moral a fortress. I mean, it's up to the lay people now. We don't have bishops on our side. We only have a few priests, a few bishops, a few holy people. But we don't have the bishops on our side. We don't. And we don't even have a pope on our side. Sadly, the this pope, Elise, is not, is not on our side. He's clearly not on our side, sadly. So we are... Um, we are parish orphans, like Timothy Gordon says. We are truly orphans without spiritual fathers, without pastors, very few. I mean, even someone like James Altman, he, he doesn't have anyone on his side, any bishop, right? Mother Miriam, I mean, she has her own show and she, she notices this. Everybody notices. Taylor Marshall notices this. A lot of my friends notice this. We are parish orphans. We don't have anyone. I mean... You know, in my local parish here, the, the Monsignor has to be very careful of what he says. I don't know if anyone will report him, and he's an old guy. We need stronger spiritual leaders. We don't have anybody. Priests are afraid to speak up. Uh, some bishops are afraid to speak up. Those who do speak up are ostracized. And we can't even, we can't even challenge the bishop because they don't, they don't even let us get close enough to challenge them. But they're going to send out that basket for the USCCB and make sure you don't put anything in there. All right, I'm going to end it here. Um, please pray. Um, I'm also asking you guys to please pray for me. Um, you know, this is actually a tough time, even, you know, financially because of the way the lockdown is. And um, I really, I really hope that Trump would win. Uh, I know we're not supposed to put our faith in any earthly prince, but let's hope. Let's hope. I mean, there, I mean, Vigano, we have Archbishop Vigano on our side. That's another one. Vigano is about the only one. He points out, he exposes uh, the the harlotry of, of, of the bishops of Vatican II. Vigano, he's, he, he's on our side. So let's keep praying. All right. Um, I'm going to end it here, so God bless and be well.